Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Just how big of a fan are you? Do you deserve a seat at the dog's table? Well, you're here, aren't you? The best fans, the most patient fans in the league. This is the dog's table. Touchdown, Shabba Hub! If you're obnoxious, opinionated, over the top, and you live for the Browns... 45-40, run, William, run! 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to your new family. The Dogs Table, an official Dogs by Nature podcast on the SB Nation and Vox Media Podcast Network. Let's do this. Welcome to the Dogs Table. Now your hosts, Craig Fountain. And Ryan Angelo. Let's go! Let's go! What's up, everybody? It is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo with the Dogs Table. We are here on Tuesday, and we are we're going to be talking some Browns defense today. Big news coming in uh, from the Browns today. Uh, we got ourselves a new defensive coordinator. Uh, we are the Dogs Table, a Cleveland Browns Roundtable discussion show. Join us every Tuesday live at 9 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, I'm sorry, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, not Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and uh, you can talk with us. You can watch us live. Uh, we are a Dogs by Nature podcast brought to you by Vox Media and SB Nation. You can find us on the Dogs by Nature podcast network, uh, where we upload the show for your uh, listening enjoyment every week. Ryan, how are you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm good, buddy. Browns made a smart hire for once. Can't complain. How are you? I, I'm i doing great. I, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, the news came this morning. Cleveland Browns hired defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. And uh, this was a guy we talked about a little bit last week, and and you were really up in the air between Flores and Schwartz. And I think after you were thinking about it for a little bit, you're like, you know what? I think it's Schwartz. Yeah, I think that's the guy. So how how are you feeling about the hire? Give me give me your thoughts. Good, bad, indifferent. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy overall. You know, I, I kind of I was on the Flores train, and then you know I kind of backed off a little bit after our couple conversations with you and listening to some things, you know, online, reading some things about Jim Schwartz. And, you know, I just kind of had them one, a one B they were interchangeable for me. I think the Browns really couldn't go wrong with either of the two. They should have been the top two candidates. And it sounds like they probably were. Um, I did get a little nervous last night because I thought that the, the Desai, uh, if I'm saying his last name, right. Uh, rumors were going to come true and I was getting, really nervous that the the city of Cleveland was going to burn. You were if they, really nervous. 
if they hired another first time coach. Yeah. It's, it, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. We'll, we'll sum it up there. I'm happy. I think they made an extremely smart decision. Um, you know, Schwartz is, is familiar with Barry from his time in Philadelphia with him. He's been a defensive coordinator for 14 years. Um, he's an older gentleman. He's got head coaching experience. He's just, he brings a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I think the biggest thing is he emphasizes some positions that the Browns need emphasis on, which would be, you know, your interior defensive line, your linebackers. He's really good against the run. Um, and I think that's the important in our division, obviously you got Najee Harris with Pittsburgh, you got, um, you know, uh, Joe Mixon over in Cincinnati. Uh, and then you got uh, JK Dobbins in, in Baltimore. So, I mean, it's, it's important to, to stop the run in the, in the North and, uh, you know, I think they made a, a really good, good, good decision. You know, it's in hindsight. I think that this decision was lost on some of us when it may have been the obvious choice. And one of the things that you touched on last week was, listen, I don't want to, you know, kind of like what you're saying, you know, I don't want a first time defensive coordinator. Uh, Jim Schwartz, I believe of the candidates interviewed is the only one that has defensive coordinator experience, correct? And one of only two with head coaching experience. I think people right. forget that Brian Flores has not been a defensive coordinator. Presumably yeah, it, with the, you know, based on his work with new England right. and parlaying that into a head coaching gig in Miami, which, right. uh, ended maybe not so much due to him failing as a head coach as, as much as uh, some other things, but uh, yeah. um, you know, Schwartz Schwartz also had a connection with Andrew Barry because Andrew Barry was in Philadelphia. Correct. With Schwartz. Yep. So you put all these things together, experienced defensive coordinator, you know, he's got head coaching experience. Uh, he's a nice ying to Stefanski's yang. Um, personality wise you know the the familiarity there this this is a good hire now not only yeah. that his scheme that he runs works with both our personnel mm -hmm. uh and philosophy so yeah. it's gonna look and, a little bit different but he's not right. gonna come in and change the world right and let's be honest i mean this is not going to be a a transformation overnight um, I, I would expect the, the defense to look better next year. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a no nonsense kind of coach and that's what this team desperately needs because it just seems obvious that the defensive side of the locker room just lacks in natural leadership from the player group. So I think it was important to bring in a coach that was, um, a no nonsense coach that had natural leadership that, com you know, commands respect from his players uh, commands execution and, and, uh, you know, hard work. And uh, that's what Schwartz brings. He's, he's a no nonsense coach. He's, you know, he almost fought Jim Harbaugh one time in, at the end of a game. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't mess around and, and that's what this team needs. Let's be honest. I mean, the Browns have had a lack of leadership in that locker room for quite some time. And, you know, Kevin Stefanski is, he's a reserved leader. And I think this is going to be a good thing to have on the defensive ball, defensive side of the ball, because they need to have some fire. They just, haven't had that fire there. Yeah. And I think, I think we're going to be happy with what we see personnel wise. The, the personnel he runs as a four, three, which is essentially what we've been running. Um, 
you know, it's a little bit, uh, it's if you, if you like blitzing that he's not really going to be your flavor, but mm -hmm. he's going to make for it, make up for it in other areas. Like he is, he is going to call a very low percentage of blitzes, Correct. Um, but he has been consistently ranked as a top run defense. Uh, he, he is led a number of defenses that have just had phenomenal sack numbers, but our team's Achilles heel on defense is, is where he needs the most strength from. Correct. And that's because he oftentimes runs a wide nine, which depends on strong interior defensive line right. play. So, you know, our linebackers kind of fit the mold. Our defensive backs kind of fit the mold. This mm -hmm. might have even saved John Johnson's job based on what the expectations are of the yeah. of safeties. Right. Um, in his defense. But yeah. if you're so with a wide nine, it you know, you may actually have a linebacker in between Miles Garrett and a defensive tackle tackle. Right. So they're really going to defend on the interior defensive line to to really move guys around and to allow him time to get to the quarterback uh right. with not as much resistance and right. that that's really the goal yeah and um, he's, he's definitely going to move not to cut you off he's, he's definitely going to he's going to move miles around uh you know if some way Clowney was still here he's going to move him around on the line um, he's going to definitely, I, I think we're definitely going to see different interior defensive linemen in Cleveland. Uh, maybe not completely right away, maybe one or two different faces, but, uh, I expect that position to have a complete overhaul because what they have at that position now does not uh, fit the mold. Uh, maybe Taven Bryan, but I just, I don't think it's, it's good enough. Uh, but he does, he runs a lot of stunts with the linebackers. He's got the linebackers very involved in his scheme. Um, has huge sack numbers. I think the year that they won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, he was the DC there. I, I want to say his like run stopping percentage was like they were ranked like ninety four point five or something like that, some crazy high number. So I mean, like he's just extremely good at what he does. He's a little bit of a brainiac in his own right. Um, and you know, the more you talk about him, it's like the more excited you get because you're like, man, they really did nail this. Uh, they jumped on their you know interviews quick and they got the guy that they needed. And uh, I think Browns fans are going to be happy in the long run for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's a full circle moment for Schwartz because he started here uh, under the Belichick regime, I believe. And yep. uh, that's really where you got to start in professional football. Uh, I think he was like a research assistant and, and a scouting assistant, something like that. And he worked his way up. And uh, by 2001, he was Tennessee's defensive coordinator and he held that position all the way through 2008. Uh, I don't think we've had a defensive coordinator in a very long time that's lasted that long with us. And then he had a pretty good gig as a head coach. I mean, from 2009 until 2013, he coached the Detroit Lions. He spent one year in Buffalo in 2014 uh, as defensive coordinator, and then he was in Philadelphia from 2016 through 2020. And uh, that's where he got a Super Bowl ring. And uh, guys like Chris Long really benefited from his defense. Um, you know, when you look at edge rushers mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Andrew Barry was in Philadelphia briefly. Uh, he left and came back from yeah. there. 
And, uh, you know, Schwartz got his ring. And since then, he's been with the Tennessee Titans as a, like a defensive consultant assistant or assistant, or something like, that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, essentially. So it's, uh, you know, I think this is a good move. You you have a guy that with the exception of the Buffalo stint, which was one year, mm-hmm. uh, and then in 15, he wasn't anywhere. This is a guy that's never spent less than one, two, three, four, five, six years in a single position with the team since 2001. I mean, this is, this is a guy that that's in it for the long haul. Yep. When he's on board. Do you think, do you think that this was the right hire? Do you think we rushed it? Um, do you think that this threatens Stefanski in any way? Let's talk about kind of like some of the peripherals that that come into play here. Right. I, I don't think. I honestly don't think it's rushed. I think the Browns identified their top candidates and they went out and interviewed them quickly and hired the guy that, honestly, out of the candidates was the most qualified. So for once, as a Browns fan, you really can't complain about it. Like the the hire to me is is kind of wrapped up in a bow for you. Um, you know, it, I think him having head coaching experience may not be the negative that some in the media has made it out to be, for example, like possibly taking over, you know, Stefanski's job or threatening his, his position on the team. If he doesn't succeed next year. I mean, let's be honest. If Stefanski has a bad year next year with Deshaun Watson, whether the defense is good or not, he's probably on the hot seat and he may even be out of town. That doesn't matter. So you have somebody, yeah, that can step in there, but that's not why the Browns hired this guy. They hired him because Andrew Barry is familiar with him. He fits his, his schemes fit the players that they have. They don't have to completely overhaul the defensive personnel. Um, he's going to bring in top quality coaches on his side of the ball. Um, and he's just experienced. When you bring somebody in that's experienced like that, you he walks into the room or the locker room and he's automatically going to get respect from the players. So um, I, I think it's, it was a slam dunk for the, for the Browns. Uh, I think the, I think Andrew Barry handled it phenomenally. Um, but I think it's a little overblown. Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat. If they don't succeed next year anyway, it doesn't matter who they hire. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. So I'm with you. I, I don't think, I think there are two things like you're saying that that's extremely overblown right now. One that, uh, Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You know. If if Kevin Stefanski ends up on the hot seat, sure, Schwartz would be an obvious choice based on what we have on our staff right now to become like an interim head coach and potentially parlay that into uh, a head coaching gig with the Browns. Right. But I think that's being 
overplayed. Like right. Kevin Stefanski's seat is on the verge of being hot if he doesn't do well with Deshaun Watson this year. I don't think this either increases or decreases no. his odds in any way as far no, as being if on anything, If anything, it makes Stefanski's job a little bit easier for him because now he has somebody on the defensive side of the ball that he does not have to babysit that can completely take the reins of the defense and he knows that he can trust this person. So it, it takes a little bit of worry off of a, a newer head coach's plate because he has somebody on that side of the ball that he can trust that he knows, knows football. He knows the personnel. He knows how to use the personnel correctly. He doesn't have to worry about scheming issues when it comes time for game day. He can f focus solely on being a head coach or calling plays or however he decides to go forward um, in that position. But I mean, it, it takes a ton of worry and stress off of his plate. So it helps him in the long run, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that's kind of overblown, and this one to me is more overblown by the fans than anything, but the, the idea that, and I already referenced it earlier in the show, right? I said, he's kind of a yin to Stefanski's yang personality wise. I do think it's important, but I think, I think the, the level or the extent of the importance is overblown. Like, sure. It's nice to see some fire on the sideline. Because, you know, we really didn't have that. But uh, is it going to help? Sure. But I, I think it's a little overblown um, as far as the effect it'll have. But Correct. it'll be a little bit refreshing. It'll be nice it, to see. And if there's a side of the ball that needs accountability, it's the defense. We've harped on it over and over and over again. Yeah. None of these guys could take responsibility for anything right. within two yards of them. Uh, that that was going on this past season, and you have guys on offense that aren't even on the field taking responsibility for things that are the defense's fault because you know that is yep. the culture. It's amazing, right? Like we talk about the media talks about fans talk about team culture, right? And generally, that's viewed as something that the entire team is is under that umbrella, right? Correct. I believe that we have we had a different culture mm -hmm. this past year, maybe even in years past, on on different sides of the ball. I think that our culture improved after, you know, we didn't have any drama with quarterbacks and wide receivers this mm -hmm. year. The offensive side of the ball, we didn't have any drama this year, right? No. The defensive side of the ball, we had Jadevi on Clowney drama that, you know, was kind of hidden from us. It was not in plain sight, but it came to it came uh, into view before yeah. he got sent home from the last game. Was told not to show up. We have guys not taking accountability. Like that was early in the season, Jets game, you know. So this entire year, that defense they they have not been accountable. Uh, I mean, maybe some of the guys have been tough, but like. It was not smart yeah. football. It was not accountable football. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the scheme is, there were scheme issues. There was accountability issues. It's just the things that we've been screaming for as Browns fans, and I think he checks all those boxes. I just, I, I you know, you're not going to see defensive players on on his team running to Twitter after games, arguing with fans and things of that nature. He'll nip that stuff in the bud. Uh, right. And I'll be shocked I, if he doesn't, but that's the kind of you know coach he is. I think there's only one guilty uh, party on offense when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, he plays left tackle, but on the defense, yeah. you know, the, you know, 
there's there's some good guys on defense that are yeah. really gonna fit Schwartz's scheme correct very well. JOK. JOK is if he doesn't succeed in this position, you know, this is as good as it's gonna get for him in this right. scheme, in my opinion. Uh playing in the middle there. Uh guys like Tony Tony Fields is a depth player. This this scheme is going to play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um Again, I mentioned this might have saved John Johnson's job. The expectations are a little bit different. Right. Um, and, I, and I'll go on a limb and say that this may keep Jadavion Clowney with the Browns because he's familiar with, with Schwartz from his time in Tennessee. So, I mean. I don't know if they see. can put the toothpaste back in the tube with him. Well, I mean, I think it, uh, the thing with that, though, is I think that that frustration is, is with Joe Woods. And I, I think that that frustration was what everybody – but it's an accountability factor, right? And when when that's one of your yeah. mantras is accountability, you know, Joe Woods, I I doubt Joe Woods was the guy that sent him home. No, Joe Woods probably didn't care at that point. Right. I mean, he no, knew. He, I think he, he knew had he to was know. Gone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But what kind of message does that send to your other players if you can say that and then they bring you back and give you a paycheck? I don't know. I mean, is he the only one in the defensive side of the ball that felt that way? I probably say uh, no. He's the only one who <laughs> who voiced it the way he did. True. And I'm not saying it was professional and I'm not saying it was the appropriate way to do it, but you know, that's one less hole in the defense that you got to worry about. I know he hasn't really performed all that great and that may be why he doesn't come back, you know, in the long run anyway. Um, but you know, I would much rather know that I've got him and Miles and only have to really worry about the interior of the defensive line versus now I got to worry about getting another pass rusher in there and and two defensive tackles that fit my system. But I mean, it's, it's here nor there. We don't know if he's going to come back and, you know, he could have burned that bridge with the the front office and it could be over with, but uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't gloss over the fact that he is familiar with shorts and shorts is familiar with him and knows the strengths and weaknesses. So he was in uh when was he in Tennessee with Schwartz? Yeah, I believe so. So if he I was in Tennessee with Schwartz, then then that that leads me to wonder what kind of a relationship they had. Um, I'm gonna look that up real quick because Jadavion Clowney's be path was a little, a little. I could, uh, I could have just talked out of my butt there. Yeah, I I want to look that up. So I'm looking that up as we speak. I'm not trying to go <laughs> silent here. Um, so he was with Tennessee in 2020. And Jim Schwartz was in Philadelphia with tw- in 2020. Uh, so they okay. did not. Right, so I'm wrong then. Yep. Yeah. So they did not cross paths. Uh, Clowney came to Cleveland in 2021. Um, yep. You're correct. Should probably do that research before I threw that out there. Disregard, fellas. Sorry. Honest mistake. I do it all the yep. time. Uh, yep. I mean, think about the information that we take in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right. And then we try to share. It's bound to get mixed up at times. Uh, I just, I, man, I felt like that was more recent that Schwartz was there. That's crazy. It felt like it was recent when that, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking of then. 2021 feels like forever ago, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um. All right. So, man. So well, then they won't probably have any bearing. So, what's that? I said, just we'll remove that last three minutes from the show because it's not going to have any bearing <laughs> on Clowney. <laughs> um, no harm, no foul. 
Ryan Ryan knows what he's doing. Uh, we uh, we are going to head to our overtime show shortly. We are going to post a link in the comments if you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. And uh, you can click that link and video chat with us, and, and we open up the conversation to you. Uh, we will display and interact with your comments if you're on Facebook or YouTube. You can ask us questions, you know, things like that. We'll answer them live. Uh, we do that every Tuesday at 9 p.m. If you're on the Dogs by Nature podcast network, uh, we, of course, upload uh, the audio of the show uh, prior to that happening. And uh, we do that on a weekly basis. Um, anything you want to bring to the table, Ryan, before we head to the overtime show? Uh, no. Um, I feel bad because Any I wild card news or notes. No, I, I bet terribly on the wild card this past weekend. <laughs> but other than that, no, I don't have anything for the wild card, unfortunately. You know, we are not going to be the spectacle this offseason, though. It's going to be Baltimore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. With everything um, that Lamar Jackson tweets out, I, I'm like overanalyzing it in my head, trying to figure out if he's pissed <laughs> at the organization, if he's, if he's saying he loves the organization. It's like he's so passive aggressive. It's ridiculous. Yep. And then uh, Tyler Huntley's a restricted free agent. Um, keep an eye out if you're, if you're a Dogs by Nature reader. Um, I'm going to be uh, unleashing a plethora of articles uh, team by team by team uh, detailing uh, who they have hitting free agency. If the Browns may or may not be interested in any of them for our AFC North foes, you know, what is going on with the offseason that could affect the way our division shakes out, things like that. So uh, make sure you look on Dogs by Nature for my my articles there. We are headed to the overtime show. We thank you for joining today. This is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo with the Dogs Table. And uh, we thank you for tuning in to the Dogs by Nature Podcast Network. And until next time, go Browns. Go Browns. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.